Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's reading from God's Holy Word is Ezekiel chapter 22. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, And you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. You shall say, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, a city that sheds blood in her midst, so that her time may come, and that makes idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed, and defiled by the idols that you have made, and you have brought your days near. The appointed time of your years has come. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mockery to all the countries. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you. Your name is defiled, you are full of tumult. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, everyone according to his power, have been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. There are men in you who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains. They commit lewdness in your midst. In you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you they violate women who are unclean in their minstrel impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. Another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbors by extortion. But me you have forgotten, declares the Lord Yahweh. Behold, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made, and at the blood that has been in your midst. Can your courage endure, or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, Yahweh, have spoken, and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries, and I will consume your uncleanness out of you, and you shall be profaned by your own doing in the sight of the nations." And you shall know that I am Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came to me, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. Therefore thus says the Lord Yahweh, Because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem, as one gathers silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into a furnace to blow the fire on it in order to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will put you in and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it. And you shall know that I am Yahweh. I have poured out my wrath upon you, and the word of Yahweh came to me. Son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common, neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they have disregarded my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. 
and her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, when Yahweh has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy, and have extorted from the sojourner without justice. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord Yahweh. This is the word of the Lord. Our text today gives you the opportunity as a family to review the Ten Commandments and kind of walk through them as we have these two separate lists, right? Uh, The paragraph beginning at verse 6 and then again at verse 23, where we see the different sins that Israel has committed against God. We ourselves are guilty of such sin. Maybe not the specific ones you see in the list, but we can certainly talk as a family about how we have sinned against God which then would be a beautiful connection to verse 15 where he says, I will consume your uncleanness out of you. We'll double back and talk about that later, but how does God consume the uncleanness out of us? Well, he did so by the blood of his son Jesus. Jesus dying on the cross took those sins from us, all of them. He took them upon himself. We have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb which is a bit of a different picture than what God is actually going with here in the text, although it's it's a way you can read that phrase itself. The, The purpose of that language in verse 15 is a reference to God's judgment. He's going to consume the uncleanness out of you? Well, that would be the land, right? Um The uncleanness, the sin, will be taken out of the land of Israel. All right, so as we look at the overall text, God has Ezekiel speak to his people again, judging them based on their bloodiness, right? The violence that they've committed has been one of the main issues expressed throughout this book. Pagan worship number one. Um, But then their violence, their atrocities that they have committed among themselves has been right up there near the top. So a city that sheds blood in her midst, that her time may come, makes idols to defile herself. You get there in verse 3, three truth declarations of God against this people. So they have shed blood, they have made idols, and they've done it all to provoke God bringing about judgment upon them. That's what the time is a reference to. You have been become guilty by the blood you have shed. That goes back to Ezekiel 18. The soul who sins is the soul who dies. It's not an unjust thing. It's not that, the, that they don't deserve the punishment that's coming. They've earned it, just as you and I have earned it by our sins as well. They've been defiled by their idols. They have brought this day upon themselves. They have brought the judgment of God upon themselves. The appointed time of your years has come. That's a reference to their end, a reference to God having known what they would do. 
Therefore I made you a reproach to the nations. You can go back to chapter 16, verse 37 there, the idea of God uncovering their nakedness, um, essentially exposing their, their sin to all the other nations around them. Those who are near and those who are far off. So family, friends, enemies, foreigners, everyone will mock them because of the sin that runs so deeply in them. Now you've got a list in verse 6, starting in verse 6, bent on shedding blood, fifth commandment. That's the princes of Israel doing that. You can talk about this with your kids. Is this something our leaders are also um, convicted of? Are, Are the leaders of our land bent on shedding blood? And the answer to that, most definitely yes. I mean, one that was in the news just this past week as we had the state of Texas promote, well, push forward the idea that they would ban abortion after, I think it was six weeks old, in the womb. The Supreme Court upheld it, and then the president of the nation came out and said that he would muster anything he could in the government to overcome it. Because abortion, apparently, uh, a constitutional right, a right to shed blood, that's foolishness. But our leaders are bent towards it. They've been bent towards it for generations, and they have slaughtered tens of millions in the process. So we are not above this. This land is not above this. Make no mistake about it. Father and mother treated with contempt, fourth commandment. Sojourner suffers extortion, seventh commandment, extortions, theft. Fatherless and the widow are wronged among you. That's common Old Testament law. Here are who you are to take care of. Um, They don't have anyone who can care for them. You care for them. Despising God's holy things? Kind of hard to place that one first, second, or third commandment. Probably just going to go ahead and go with first, because when you break any other ones, you've broken the first one, so it's easy to just settle on that. But basically what's going on there is the idea that the Lord has holy things. You know, um, the things of his temple are holy. They're set apart. They are not to be used for anything else. And yet the altars and the like, the utensils and, and all those things for, for worshiping Yahweh have been used for pagan sacrifices. This is not good. It is profaning the things of God. They've also profaned the Sabbath, and they've been doing that ever since he first instructed it. Men who slander to shed blood, Sabbath was third commandment. Uh, So slander is eighth, shedding blood again fifth. Together, though, that phrase is actually a reference to pagan worship, um, as is the, the one that would follow people who eat on the mountains. It's not like you can't, you know, take a picnic basket up onto a mountain. That's not the, the, the problem. The problem is worshiping idols, and you do so on high places. So you're offering, making a sacrifice and offering to an idol, and then you're eating the meat. That's not okay. That's not good. That's breaking the first commandment. Committing lewdness in your midst. Notice, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a weight in the language there in your midst. These things, these terrible things are happening in your midst. They're happening right among you and you're doing nothing to stop it. You're doing nothing to stop these fools 
Old Testament law actually would have had them cut these people off, remove them. They're no longer God's people. Kick them out. This is one that it's good to discuss together as a family. Um, You'll know your children better to know what metaphor or image they might be able to pick up on. This is the New Testament picture, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? What, do you, what happens when you've got false teaching remain? Well, it spreads. If, if they can do it, and everything seems to have turned out okay, maybe I can do it. Hey, if they can, can do that thing, and, and God didn't smite them for it, you know, you can eat the, the tree, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will not surely die. Maybe it's good for me too. Um, you know, other ways we could handle it metaphorically, asking something like, you know, what happens? You've got a little mold on your bread. What happens if you let it remain with the rest of your bread? That mold spreads, right? Uh, it, it takes over. Or uh, a stinky diaper, if your kids are that young. Um, What happens if you change your diaper and then just leave it in the middle of the living room? Well, the whole room stinks. The, The poop spreads, so to speak. So, yeah. Oh, that's a conversation that's worth having. We don't want to let our sin remain. And as Christians today, we ask for the Lord to forgive us of our sins. And that confession absolution is is cleansing, as we were talking about with verse 15 at the start. Verse 10, uncovering their father's nakedness could be a reference to one of two things. Uh, It could either be men committing sexual acts with their fathers, seems a little less likely. The other possibility is men committing sexual acts with their father's wife. In other words, mom or stepmom. That's a sixth commandment issue, violating women who are unclean in their menstrual impurity. That was an Old Testament law from the book of Leviticus. Not supposed to do that. Makes you unclean. Uh, An abomination with his neighbor's wife, so adultery, sixth commandment. Uh, Defiling his daughter-in-law, again, sixth commandment. Violating his sister, same thing. Verse 12, taking bribes to shed blood. Now, this is Fifth Commandment stuff. Uh, again, very fitting with the problems we see in our culture today. Uh, it's only been a few years removed from all those videos that came out about how Planned Parenthood was buying baby parts, and it's only continued. They are, they are slaughtering children for the sake of harvesting their body parts, and they have to wait for them to leave the womb to do it because the body parts need to be fresh. The organs need to still be... Well, you get the picture. Shedding blood for a cost. Taking interest and in profit to make gain, seventh commandment, that's theft. They've done all of these things they have forgotten Yahweh. So God is going to strike. He's going to judge them, the blood in their midst. It's their fault. Verse 14, can your courage endure? Can your hands be strong in the day I shall deal with you? The answer to that rhetorical question is no. No, when God's judgment comes, there's not a thing you can do. 
as Christians, we repent, and we repent all the time so that when God's judgment does come, we are not found judged, we are found as his children. Let, let our lives be lives of repentance. All right. Um, you shall be profaned, verse 16, by your own doing in the sight of the nations. So it's their fault, not just of the judgment, but also of the mockery they're receiving from others. Then you get an image of metal. So the process of, of metal, you would melt it down to help purify it, to make it stronger. Uh, and when you do that, the impurities, the, the junk in the metal rises to the top and you can scrape that off. Israel is here said to be the junk on top. They are the impurities. They are going to be scraped off. The Lord is going to melt them down, gather them. You know, verse 21, I will gather you, blow on you with the fire of my wrath, so you shall be melted in the midst of it. Judged. Another image of that. You've got another list, again, as I mentioned in the opening, about different soul sins committed and how you can talk about the commandments. So you've got the conspiracy of prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion. So first commandment, murder, uh, sorry, false prophets, the first commandment, teaching falsely about God. Destroying, tearing the prey, destroying, that's fifth commandment. Um, devouring human lives. False prophets, devouring lives. Tragic. Taking treasure and precious things, seventh commandment. Making widows, so killing men, fifth commandment. Priests have done violence to the law, that's first commandment. Profaned his holy things with their idol worship, we've talked about that one before. Making no distinction between the holy and the common. That's something of importance to us today as well, um, as we think of our own way of worshiping the Lord. Uh, that's an important conversation. God's house is holy. You know, the things that we use in the Lord's house have a holiness to them, and even true in our own home, right? If you want to... Look at it this way, perhaps. The Bible is a holy thing. It's a gift of God. It's his word for us. You, you don't use the Bible... Like, you don't rip a page out of the Bible and treat it like a paper towel or a napkin. Similarly, you don't use your Bible to prop up a lamp a little bit higher so that all of a sudden it's, you know, just a, a booster seat. You don't use the Bible as a paperweight. Like the, those things aren't the purpose for it. It has a purpose. It is holy. It is set apart for another function. There are many things in our lives we could actually describe like that, set apart for a specific purpose, but... The things of God are holy, and we should treat them as such. Um, there's a level of care there. Worship, especially, um, your worship, when you go to church, your worship should not look like the world. We are set apart. And so you can have a great family conversation around that. What are things in your church that are foreign? Like if somebody came in to your church from outside who'd never been to church before, what would they see that's unusual? What would they see that's weird? Why would that strike them so? Have a great conversation around that. Um, now, we don't want to just be weird for the sake of being weird. We're seeking to be set apart, though. So our worship is going to look holy. It's going to look different than our day-to-day -day life. The, well, than the day-to-day -day life of our culture. Because honestly, worship is a part of the daily life of the Christian. All right. So... 
then you have this disregard for Sabbaths, third commandment we talked about. The princes are also doing it like wolves tearing the prey. So the leaders, not just the prophets. You've got both the spiritual heads and the secular heads, in a sense, if you want to phrase it that way. Um, shedding blood, destroying lives for dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared whitewash for them. So those false prophets are covering it all up, making it look okay. Um, like a shiny stone again. This is like the book of Revelation, right? There are two dragons, two, it's not dragons, two beasts described in the book of Revelation. The first beast, second beast. The one is the political beast and the other is the religious beast. Uh, and that the Lord's people, God's people, will be oppressed by both of them for various times. But at other times, those two will actually fight against each other. Here's an instance where they're working together for evil. The political beast, the spiritual beast, that is the church of some sort, religion, fighting against the actual truth of God. Dangerous thing, and we see it all the time. Now, sometimes they fight each other, but sometimes they get along all too well. Thus says Yahweh. That's what the false prophets were saying when God had not spoken. So they've brought this upon themselves with all their sins. The Lord sought for someone to stand in the breach. So someone who would stand righteous and holy in the, that gap that is, you know, the, the city wall is breached. The enemy is upon them. Who's going to stand and fight? There was no one. No one was holy, not one. And so judgment comes. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Now we know that there is one who stands in the breach for us. Jesus Christ, and all of our sins have been taken upon him so that our judgment on that last day is not a judgment of God's wrath, but rather we have that great gift of forgiveness that God will look upon us and he will call us his child, his children, and he will welcome us home. Amen.